0: Welcome, all my friends out there in the Derbyverse. This is another episode of Power Through the Fourth Whistle Podcast, Derby Thoughts Edition. I will be your host, Jackie Bauer, with Derby Thoughts. (laughs) Just a quick reminder, uh, if you like what we're about and like being inspired about roller derby and whatever, all that fun stuff, go check out our Facebook page, Power Through the Fourth Whistle. And, of course, um, I would love it if you would rate and review this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all the places where you are allowed to do ratings and reviews. And I gotta say thank you to my dear... Listeners who have already started reading and reviewing this podcast. Oh, you guys, I was so excited to see our first readings have come in and they've been so nice. Like, really, thank you, you guys. It's like Christmas came early. And I got to read, we've got a review, and I'm going to read it because I'm really excited to have a review. This is from Lexi Lucifer. She says, I love this podcast. I found this podcast earlier this week and I've been binging all week. I've been playing for five seasons and I find myself agreeing with the majority of what she says. She's experienced and knowledgeable about the derbs. Follow on Facebook for more fun too. Oh, thank you, Lexi. I don't even, I don't personally know Lexi, so she's not someone I paid to do this. Like, thank you so much. If you leave me a review, I will read it on the podcast. You can even like say things about me that aren't positive and I'll read it. I don't care. I'm just all about, Hey, let's, let's get some attention to this podcast. I'm really excited about it. So what I'm really excited about today is our subject is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Now, It was probably uncomfortable for you to walk into your very first roller derby practice, so you have some practice at this. But what do I really mean by this? I mean, we do a lot of things in our own bubble all day long, right? I mean, just getting ready for this podcast, I had to get some things set up, like I have a nice hot beverage, I'm in comfy slippers, I even put a little space heater and aimed it at my toes... You know, I want to be cozy. I want to be comfortable. Who doesn't want this? And now I'm going to slurp for the microphone. Mm. Ah, That is some good coffee. And in the game, we're not always going to get to be comfortable. So the more we can mentally and physically push our limits, the better off we're going to be. For example, just, just very simply training for Derby, physically training for Derby, you're going to be doing things that make you uncomfortable, especially if you are doing off-skates workouts and some on-skates workouts too. There's a point where your legs are burning. They're burning. And if you stop and you're like, oh, I I don't want to do this anymore, you're not going to progress. So what I always, like there was a year I got to spend as a trainer for a team I was on. And what I always told people is, you know, there's a difference between burning, like a deep muscle burn, which is good, and sharp, sudden pain. Sharp, sudden pain, you want to stop. But in a nice, deep muscle burn, you want to try and push that a little bit longer, a little bit longer each time if you can. If you have never tried this workout, I want you to go to YouTube and look up uh, Bring Sally Up. Uh, the song is called Flower by Moby. I don't think at any point in the song the word flower is used but literally uh, every time the song says bring Sally down you get into a nice squat and you hold it and when they say bring Sally up you come up and this gets you used to having a nice muscle burn while you're holding the position you're burning you're burning you come up you relax you go back down and every once in a while it makes you hold just a little bit longer and these holds Are strengthening your muscles getting them more resistant to the discomfort you are mentally and physically overcoming discomfort and this is how you get stronger so at the very basic core of this it makes us mentally and physically stronger to get used to being uncomfortable and pushing past it now other ways that uh, I'd recommend practicing This idea of being uncomfortable, I'm going to use an example, is running in all kinds of weather, I feel like gets you ready for anything. Because a lot of times you go running, there's mud puddles, there are sometimes tree roots if you're trail running and they catch your foot and you have to get used to just, oh, just keep running through it. It's fine. And you know what that gets you ready for? If somebody catches your skate, you can run through it. If you hit a patch of ice and you start sliding, you have a choice, you can tense up and slide and potentially fall, or you can keep moving your feet, run through it, and you can recover. This happens on your skates too. When you're on a slippery floor, you could either freak out and spaz and wipe out, or you can figure out if you can keep moving your feet to run through it, keep trying to recover. And uh, the beauty of running outside is that this time of year, uh, where I'm from in more of a Northern Michigan area, there's going to be a lot of snow throughout the winter and the snow covers all these tricky little obstacles. So you don't even prepare for them. You just suddenly hit a patch of ice and you either deal with it or you're, it's going to deal with you. (laughs) So, uh, also running outside any kind of temperature, you go running outside when it's super cold, go running outside when it's super hot. Um, these things will prepare you for derby when you realize, oh, I really can work out in any temperature and be fine. I recently learned when I was getting ready for the turkey trot and when I did that race, I saw people wearing shorts and it was like, I don't know, nine degrees. I was stunned. I I couldn't believe it. But then I I had been experimenting up until that race, how little clothing can I get away with? I was starting to wear less layers. And I found, oh, I can still go out in really low temperatures with just a few layers and I will be warm enough to do this. I can get the job done. In fact, with lighter clothing, I might even be more efficient at it as I'm relying on my body to heat myself up. And it was funny. uh, We were approaching the finish line and there was a man in front of me who was running and he just suddenly was insistently trying to take off his shirt while running. And this was a moment that puzzled me because, okay, there's, there's being comfortable with, with being uncomfortable. And then there's, how is this going to help your time right now? If you, like, you, you just can't wear your shirt another second longer, like this is a moment where you should just deal with the discomfort of wearing the shirt and just freaking run, just sprint. If, that, if I were uncomfortable wearing an extra shirt as this person was, I would use that motivation to make me sprint all the faster to get it over with. (laughs) Because I think if you're trying to shed layers while running, it's just not a good way to go. The finish line is right there. It's right there, just deal with it. Deal with it a little bit longer. Uh, Okay, not everyone's a runner, that's okay. These are just examples of ways to physically and mentally train and how it can translate to derby. So let's talk about the things that make us uncomfortable playing roller derby. I'm pretty sure if you're anything like me, I think most people are a little uncomfortable with pack skating at first because there's what you can control and then there's stuff you can't control. You honestly can't control how anyone else is skating. So even if you feel good about your feet, you're worried about, is the person next to me going to fall? Are they going to trip me? Are we all going to go down like dominoes? And if before Derby you weren't a touchy-feely person, this also can be an aspect where it's like, oh, we're really close to each other right now. I'm not a big fan. These are things you eventually just have to relax. Like you just got to breathe through it and realize this is fine. You know that, that cartoon meme image of the, the dog sitting in the house on fire and it just says this is fine? Every time you feel uncomfortable, pretty much just picture that dog. Just be like, everything's on fire, but this is fine. Everything about this is fine. This is fine. He's at peace. He even looks happy. <laughs> so just take the discomfort and just sit down in your chair, grab your 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 hot beverage. I don't know if he had a beverage or not, but let's assume maybe he has a beverage. And you're just like, you know what? I can deal with anything. My whole house is on fire. My muscles are on fire. Everyone around me is way too close to me, (laughs) but I am fine. This is fine. (laughs) You just got to convince yourself that everything about this is okay. Um, Now, there are some more advanced skills that I see veteran skaters all the time still struggle with. And I just want to talk through a few of these. Um, If you don't practice it, you're not going to get comfortable with it. Some people only do hockey stops when we're doing a drill that works on hockey stops. So, if we go a few weeks without doing a drill for hockey stops, you're losing your momentum. And every time you kind of relearn the skill, if you don't cement it in by practicing it over and over and over again to where you can be familiar with it and not have to worry about it or think about it, you're never going to get to use it in a game. And this is a great skill, it makes you a great skater. Your toe stops aren't always going to be there for you. So having a way to stop with just your wheels is very efficient and prudent to know. It's very valuable. So I would say anything you're not comfortable with when we do the drill, you should be spending more time doing it on your own because you want to embrace this. You want to get used to, okay, there's going to be things that make me uncomfortable, but you can make it feel comfortable by deciding this is fine like i don't always nail this hockey stop but this is fine i'm just going to keep doing it until it's impossible for me to miss like that's that's deliberate practice backward skating is another skill where if you're not practicing it regularly you're not going to feel comfortable with it if we if your team suddenly does a drill where you're trying to do like a, a backwards weave through a pace line we're going between all the bodies and you have to grab someone every time you do a weave because you're worried about falling you're obviously not comfortable <laughs> you're looking to them for support and comfort how can you get comfortable doing that just keep practicing practice it in weird situations practice it before practice practice it after practice you know those water breaks you don't always have to drink water during them. You could be practicing a skill that you don't have down perfectly yet. Anytime. In fact, I feel like early in my career, I got a lot of extra time out of denying myself water breaks. I'm not saying that that's the best thing to do, especially during the summer, but I also learned how to go without water and be a bit of a camel sometimes if I had to. (laughs) Um, Another example of can I, can I have a dry throat and still perform? Yes, I can, because I figured out how to do it. <laughs> um, one of my favorite skills, skaters who've been skating a long time, not everyone can transition both directions still with ease, even though it's on the minimum skills test. The reason this is, is that they... They've got a good side and a bad side, and they don't practice their bad side. I like to change the phrasing. Whenever I hear someone talking about good leg and a bad leg, good side and a bad side, I say, well, you have a side that you are more challenged with and a better side, or you have a side you're working on and a side that you're comfortable with. You have a smart leg, And a leg that's still studying for midterms, Uh, not a dumb leg, just a leg that needs to study more and needs to apply itself more. (laughs) You have a strong leg and a leg that needs to lift a little more. (laughs) So you got to change the way you're looking at it. It's not that scary. And people, I think, sometimes get worried that they're going to get hurt doing something they're not comfortable with. But let's think about this a little bit. Let's consider the magnificent Braun Swanson. Do you think she got hurt at playoffs because she couldn't transition both ways? I doubt it. I bet she's phenomenal at transitioning both ways. I bet she can hockey stop both ways. I bet she can do all the fantastic skills on skates that you need to do to perform at that level. Some stuff just happens. And I bet what happened to her was just a freak accident that probably couldn't have been prevented. Because look at her. She's strong. She's agile. She has so much skill. I think that, you know, 99% of the time, she can get her way out of any kind of thing that could have been an injury. But this was just one moment in time where something weird happened. And we don't even know what it was. So you can't, Not try things because you're afraid of being injured. This is a subject I'll probably save for another podcast because that's a big thing to unload. We'll do a whole thing on injury prevention and the idea of injuries and the mental side of it. Let's just put that all aside for now and go back to transitioning both directions. You need this. You need this. You don't even know the opportunities you're missing out on if you're not doing this. You might be missing the jammer you might be missing something you need to see you might be getting an out-of-play penalty because you couldn't transition the most efficient way to get back work on these things please another thing that is very common in all of derby is there are players who want to be a brace all the time for their wall the person who is positioned in front looking backwards helping out the blockers because the Really, the truth of it is they're not comfortable being in a position where they can't see the jammer coming, where they have to put their back to the jammer. Sometimes this is also a situation where people put you in this role because they didn't trust you as a butt, which is the affectionate term we call people who put the butt on the jammer. <laughs> um, you should really train for all positions so you can be well-rounded and valuable do things that scare you. If you are always a brace, practice being a butt as much as possible during your offseason. And if you're always a butt, try out the brace roll. I think personally that the brace roll should primarily go to the skater who has the best backwards lateral motion and even more importantly, communication skills. Don't be out there being the brace and not saying anything because you're the one that can see. <laughs> Do not fail your teammates talk other things that could be uncomfortable did you know you can jump the apex as a blocker oh yeah people do it all the time and in fact it's really flipping awesome when you pull it off you can jump up there catch that jammer throw her back and oh it's a thing of beauty so yeah everyone should practice jumps you never know when you're gonna need one it could be fabulous when you're a jammer who normally just goes for open, wide open spaces, work on going hard at a tiny space. Like you see a little sliver of light. If you can hit that with all of your momentum and heart, you might pop that thing wide open and get through a wall. But a, a lot of jammers are afraid to try something like this because it's very physical. You could fail. You could pancake, go right back down. Um But... If it works, you've added something new to your arsenal, something to your comfort zone. You've learned something about yourself, about your strength and your power and your resilience. Um, You should take risks playing around on your toe stops. You should practice running out of a falling position. Uh, Something I love to do just playing around at practice is getting myself in weird positions where I've just done some sort of series of agility moves to get around some imaginary people and then I have to run away. Everything is about how to run away. And sometimes it's not going to be beautiful. So I practice running ugly. I practice like I landed funky and I'm running. I'm off balance and I'm running. I, I figure out how to recover from these situations where I've been hit, where I'm off balance, where I'm in the process of falling so that I can get away. Because if you don't practice this stuff, it's not going to be there in the game. And then you might get swallowed up by that really outstanding blocker who saw you and grabbed you again. You really want to get away. It's like the whole point of jamming. And another thing to think about that makes people really uncomfortable is the idea of jamming first in a game. Who does this role go to? Does it go to the best jammer on your team? Not necessarily at all. It goes to the jammer who is most mentally prepared to go first usually. Uh, There was a point in time where this role was given to me and I wasn't sure I wanted it. At first I was honored because I'm like, oh, this means I'm really good. But then I started getting in my head about it. I wasn't sure if I could go first. There's so much pressure. If the first jam doesn't go well, does it set a tone for the rest of the game? Well, think about it. Um, Do you remember who won the first jam of any game you watch? Like really only the person who was jamming in that jam might remember and they might even forget by the end of the game it's not as big a deal like literally the bare minimum to jam first is you need to skate up to the line and you need to stand there and when they say 5 seconds you prepare yourself and the whistle blows and then you jam that's it you might get lead you might not get lead you might be stuck for 2 minutes but you will have accomplished the task of jamming first and if that makes you uncomfortable i would challenge you to practice jamming first when you have scrimmages at practice maybe when you go to a mixed scrimmage game anytime where you have power over rotation and you can choose to go first give it a try just to get it out of the way get the don't worry about looking silly like you have to be okay with looking silly you have to be okay with the potential for failure You have to be okay with falling. This is how you make being uncomfortable comfortable. It's just the idea of it. You don't want to look like a goof. Uh, Another thing. I'm sure whatever team you are on has plays. Things you set up off the line, things you set up mid-jam for maybe a power jam, certain situations. Why do certain plays not work for you? When you try them, is it because you have to do something that makes you uncomfortable? Like, do you have to leap into a really tiny space? Do you super have to trust your teammates? Like, like, let's look at, let's look at a different sport for a moment. Let's look at football. There are running backs who run to nowhere. This is my least favorite play. They give the ball to the running back and he's like, I'm going to run now. And he runs straight into a bunch of people and pancakes and falls to the ground. It's super embarrassing. And you're like, what was that play? That was terrible. Well, this was an example of someone saying, we have this play. This hole is supposed to be there and I have to trust it's going to be there. Even if it's not, I've got to trust because it's only going to be there for a second and I have to do it. So lots of factors can affect the ability to execute this where the hole's not there, just like in Derby. You know, those other blockers maybe didn't get it ready for them. But the coach is probably going to call this play again at some point during the game. And the running back's going to have to try again. They're not going to just be like, no, we're not doing that play anymore. It didn't work one time. It was stupid. I'm never doing this again because I looked stupid when I pancaked and fell to the ground. No, they're going to be like, yeah, coach, I'm going to go again. I trust you. I trust my teammates. We're going to make it work this time. We're not going to get it every time, but when we do, it will be glorious. Maybe I get some sort of insane 50-yard run out of it. These are football terms. Don't worry about it if you don't know the sport. So it's not often that you'll see a team in any sport do something they haven't practiced before. If, you know... Let's let's use football again. Is the quarterback going to go out there and be like, "Hey guys, what we're doing isn't working. I've decided what I'm going to do is I am going to go play a different position. I'm going to have the safety play quarterback, and then um, I would like the guy who normally, um, you know, protects me from getting sacked. I would like him to be a running back now. And, like, would everyone suddenly change their position? No. Because they don't practice that. (laughs) It would make them very uncomfortable because there'd be so much uncertainty about whether they could pull it off. So everything we do has to take practice to become comfortable so we can just do it without overthinking. Uh, You know, blockers should try to jam sometimes. Jammers should try to block. Don't just be like, I can't block. I'm a jammer. Oh, I can't do that blocking thing. No, because if you try it out, you might learn about some skill you didn't know you had. And it'll make you better understand the mindset of a blocker and what they're looking at when they're trying to block you. And then vice versa. If a blocker jams, you're understanding this is what jammers go through. This is really hard. I'm going to be sympathetic to my jammers and help them out. I'm going to maybe take a star pass sometimes to help them out because I've learned I can do this. So this is all going to lead into... A subject for next time, and I'm just going to leave you with a teaser for it as I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to split this up because we don't want this to go too long. The next subject is going to be asking for help. If you are someone who struggles with asking for help, please tune in next time, and we're going to continue on this same wavelength of making things that are super uncomfortable for us comfortable. And asking for help is such a big subject, it deserves its own beautiful, special, sparkly podcast episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are getting ready for the holidays and having the most lovely time. Ah, Or maybe you're enjoying your off-season. Who knows? In any case, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate and review anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends. Share with your teammates and have a glorious day because that's obviously the word I'm going to be overusing at this time. We have been talking about derby and thinking derby thoughts. Pew, pew. Hey there, friends. Want to know how you can support the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast and look super cool doing it? Our store has a bunch of roller derby designs that can be put on all kinds of super soft, high-quality t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, notebooks, mugs, stickers, blankets, and more at Threadless. Whether you love cartoon animals on roller skates, like our Apex Predator T Rex or Jam-a-Llama to messages like Roller Derby Strong and My Mom Plays Roller Derby, there's really something for everybody. Visit PowerForthWhistle.threadless.com. That's P O W E R, the number four, T H W H I S T L E. threadless.com. Thank you for your support, and back to our show.